Two Chocolate Cakes is a story of two cakes, bookended at the beginning of one life and at the end of another, and all the culinary and emotional layers in between those moments. Mrs. Weatherstone's Chocolate Birthday Cake. My parents married in 1959, just a year after my mother graduated from Catholic school, and five years after my father returned from the Korean War, having forged my grandmother's signature so he could join the Marine Corps at 16, his arms covered in needle marks, and his head full of war stories he wouldn't tell anyone until the end of his last day of his life. They moved into a tiny house, in a small town in Connecticut on a piece of land that would eventually become the town cemetery, but that's a whole other story. Kay was born that year, and my parents bought a house across that small town that my mother rehabbed one room at a time with her faithful Weimariner John Dog acting as her assistant and babysitter. Kay was the first grandchild on my mother's side and would be the only one for six years, and my mother was not good with babies, barely an adult herself, so Kay spent much of her first six years with my mother's parents. One of the neighbors in that small town was famous for her rich, dark chocolate cake. No one could get the recipe from her, but everyone was welcome to pay her for the cake. This chocolate cake was my father's favorite, and even though my parents had no money for extras, my mother paid for the cake for his birthday every year. Not long after I came along, a few years later, my father was transferred and we moved a hundred miles away from that small town. But before we left, mom went to the old lady with the famous cake recipe and begged for it. She said we were moving to another state and the chances of us ever returning were so slim and it was the only cake my father liked. The cake lady acquiesced because dad had done some tree work for her for free and everyone loved him. Cake recipe in mom's hand, we moved away. This chocolate cake was made once a year and only in honor of my father's birthdays. A dense, full chocolate cake in a bundt cake pan, never layers, with my mother's own buttercream frosting. It was the hit of his birthday party. If only the same could be said for dad, who usually drank himself just short of a stupor before getting home from work and then doubled down with wine at dinner and would pass out on my parents' bed or the neighbor's couch long before the cake course appeared. He's just resting his eyes, mom would say in defense of dad's disappearance. A healthy slice of the coveted cake would be set aside and covered tightly with plastic wrap for when dad was awake, probably sometime the next day. Usually it went into his lunchbox for the next day and we never saw him enjoy the cake I helped to make with my mom. There were times when dad's birthday fell on the weekend and he would perform these great feats of strength for us kids. Sometimes he'd scale one of the many tall oaks in our backyard, reclaiming Tigger, my brain-damaged ginger cat, a gift from one of Dad's drinking buddies, putting her in a pillowcase for the climb down, but she'd claw her way out at least 20 feet above that frozen ground. He took a sledding at the country club, dropping us off at the foot of the golf course, saying, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I'm just going to go get a cup of coffee. 
and a few hours later, wet and cold and tired, with the sun setting low, we'd wait in the empty parking lot. He would return, cheerful and full of jokes and smiles and cups of hot chocolate with whipped cream. We'd never say anything to Mom. Not even when Kay had to drive his truck home because his head was lolling on his shoulder and his arms went slack on the steering wheel. Other birthday weekend excursions included ice skating at the town pond that was located close to the 151 Club. Dad left us at the pond with our skates, and if he wasn't waiting for us when we were ready to go, we trudged up the road in the twilight to the bar and waited in the truck. He always left the keys in it so we could turn over the engine and get warm. The birthday celebration often came to a halt at home when Mom made excuses for Dad's demeanor. You know, he gets terrible migraines. They just wipe him out. We'd have a quiet dinner without him and save the birthday cake for another day. My mother's parents used to visit for Dad's birthday, but after the first couple of years that I could remember, they stopped coming, and sometimes they'd call after dinner. Mom spoke to them quietly, so I couldn't hear with the long, stretched-out phone cords sneaking outside my parents' bedroom and into the hallway. The recipe lived in my box for years before I ever made the cake myself. There are no actual directions, just a list of ingredients and a temperature for the oven. No sense in wasting time with instructions no one but Mrs. Weatherstone and then my mother would see anyway. I learned from my mother early in my baking career that the proper order of events goes as follows. Cream the sugar and the shortening, add eggs and vanilla, then sift together the dry ingredients while melting the chocolate and warming the coffee. Sometimes, though, it gets hazy in my memory. What comes next? Is it the chocolate and the coffee and then the flour? Or is it the flour and the coffee and the chocolate at the end? The closer the cake gets to the oven, the less sure I am how it goes together. In retrospect, I suppose it doesn't really matter, and Mom knew that. Dad probably wouldn't get to the cake anyway. She stood at the counter in our Harvest Gold and Avocado Green kitchen, mixing the ingredients together with an old whisk, pursing her lips when I asked over and over, when is Dad coming home? She pasted a smile on her face when she heard the familiar rumble of his big orange truck weaving up the driveway. Why don't you set the table for your father's birthday, she'd say. Don't put wine glasses out. Mrs. Weatherstone's famous chocolate birthday cake recipe. Two cups sugar, one half cup shortening, four squares of baker's chocolate, two eggs, two teaspoons vanilla, one cup strong coffee, one half cup sour milk, two cups flour, one and a half teaspoon baking soda, bake in tube pan, 50 to 60 minutes at 350. Thank you for listening. For more information about the recipes you've heard here, including author notes, photos, secret tips, and more, please visit twochocolatecakes.com. That's two, the word two, chocolatecakes.com.